This is Sound and Vision from KEXP. I'm Emily Fox, and this is Death Cab for Cutie's cover of the Yoko Ono song, Waiting for the Sunrise. Waiting for the sunrise, waiting for the sunrise, waiting for the sunrise, waiting for the sunrise, so I can take your hand and stroll about. Ben Gibbard of Death Cab for Cutie has curated a tribute covers album called Ocean Child Songs of Yoko Ono. It features artists including Japanese Breakfast, JSOM, Sharon Van Etten, David Byrne, and more. Gibbard joined me to talk about it and first talked about the inspiration behind the project. I've been a fan of her music for a couple decades now, and like many people, before I actually owned any of her albums, I had a false uh, sense of what the breadth of her work was. And at the time, I, I just thought, oh yeah, she makes really avant-garde music that's kind of difficult to listen to, or to put it you know, diplomatically, very challenging. And I was in Bob Street Records, RIP, uh, in Ballard 20 years ago, and I must have been shopping for like an OMD record or something. I must have been looking for like Dazzle Ships or something, and was in the O section and came across uh, Feeling the Space, which is a record that she put out in 73. And the cover was kind of interesting and and you know, they say never judge a book or a record by its cover, but you know, we always do. And I was looking at this cover thinking like, oh, this could be interesting. And it was affordable. It was maybe 10 bucks. And I was like, you know, I'll take I'm feeling I'm feeling adventurous. And I took it home and I put it on the turntable. And I was expecting the kind of like the sonic assault that we have a lot of people have thought was the totality of what she does musically. And instead of that, growing pain comes out of the speakers and I was kind of doing something else and I kind of looked over at the turntable and I was like, oh, that's not what I was expecting at all. And over the years, I started collecting more of her albums, which at the time were out of print. This was before streaming services existed and you know apple music was a thing or you know i guess like itunes or whatever you could buy stuff on itunes but these records were not available they had not been reissued at that point so as the years went on and i had more and more conversations with people about her music often as an advocate speaking about a music that i was at that point now very familiar with and could point people in the right direction like no 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 you don't you you have it wrong you got to check out this record you got to check out that being the, you know, the record snob that I am, you know, I, I started to think like maybe at some point there should be some kind of, not that I was going to be the one that was going to uh, spearhead it, but was hoping that at some point there would be some reassessment of these records and, and how great they were. And, and, and or to not even say a reevaluation, just an evaluation, because at that point, it's not as if these records were successful when they came out. And it was very heartening to see that not so long ago, Secretly Canadian reissued some of these records on vinyl. They started to become available again. But I found myself in the situation where I could make a phone call to a guy who could help me round up artists to do this. And I could, go, I had a label that would do this. And I was like, well, you know, this is a prime opportunity to use this small modicum of notoriety and musical celebrity that I have to do this project. And we reached out to David Newgarden, who's Yoko's manager, and he was really enthusiastic about it. And Canvasback Records, which is run by Death Cab's A&R uh, man, Steve Rabowski at Atlantic, was interested. And then the project just took off and we started going out to artists and, and, and seeing what we, what we could get. 
Well, you've got a lot of amazing artists on this record. Of these songs that are covered um, on this covered record, not not talking about the covers themselves, but the original Yoko Ono song. What is your favorite Yoko Ono song? Again, not the cover version, the original that that is featured on this album that you really appreciate. You know, I have a number of you know favorite Yoko songs. And my favorite song was not actually chosen for this compilation, which is Goodbye Sadness on uh, Season of Glass, uh, which is a devastating song. It was written after uh, John was killed. Goodbye, sadness, goodbye, goodbye. I don't need you anymore. But second to that has always been Toy Boat. I'm waiting for a boat to help me out of here. To get Sharon Van Etten on the compilation was amazing, but then that she actually chose that song. You know, when I heard she was doing that, I was like, yes. And, you know, of course, it's Sharon Van Etten. Her voice is incredible. She's unbelievably talented. And uh, I was just so thrilled to get that version. The castle was full of flies. Mm, thinking of a castle on a top of a hill. But I think it's kind of like asking me what my favorite is is kind of unfair. But I will say that I absolutely adore JSOM's version of Growing Pain because I have such a personal connection to that song and that it was the first, you know, quote unquote, song of Yoko's that I ever heard. Every day growing. And when she turned in her version, we were hoping when we went out to people for this compilation, we wanted to make sure that we had a pretty diverse lineup, not only of men and women, you know, of different ethnicities, of different generations of musicians. We wanted to make sure that we weren't just going out and making a bunch of white dudes playing Yoko Ono songs, you know. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so, you know, I, I'm friends with Melina. I love her music. And when she turned in her version of Growing Pain, to me, that was like, that was in so in so many ways like a complete embodiment of what I wanted an artist to turn in for this compilation. Like this is a younger artist who has a young fan base who's like really kind of becoming influential in an indie rock kind of an indie rock culture. And this is a young artist recording a 50 year old song that I love and in a style that is very much of her own. It sounds like JSOM. And it hit me when I heard that. I was like, oh, yes, this is, this is, this is gonna work. It really set the stage for what this compilation could be. Yeah, I would have to say when I listened to this album, I listened to the original song first, followed by the cover. 
that's a part of this compilation. And when I first heard Toy Boat, as you mentioned, I was like, oh, wow, like I really enjoy the melody of this song that Yoko Ono brought. And then it was cool to hear Sharon Van Etten do it, you know, because I, I think, as you alluded to, like sometimes, you know, folks can associate Yoko Ono with being, you know, avant-garde, you know, like Get Back, the mm-hmm. Beatles documentary came out and there's a scene where she's jamming with them and, you know, doing these interesting screams and stuff like that. Some people could say it just sounds like noise. And so to hear some of these originals followed by the cover version has been interesting. And then I also wanted to point out two other covers that really stood out to me on this compilation, which is one, um, Sudan Archives covered Dogtown. I tried to sing and people frowned. Yes, it's a dog, dog town. And I loved Sudan Archives cover version of, of the song. Yes, it's a dog town. And the other one was um, We Are King and their version of Don't Be Scared. You know, they did a really cool kind of dreamy R&B cover version. Don't be really interesting to hear you know all these different artists you know a lot of women of color too on this compilation and just to see what they came up with it but I'm also curious like when you were making this did you reach out to artists that are on this compilation that were kind of super fans of Yoko Ono? Yeah you know it's it was interesting because there were some artists who were huge Yoko Ono fans that that jumped at it and then there were also some artists who, you know, will rem- remain nameless because I don't want to blow up their spot that were like, you know what, I'm not, I don't really know a lot of her music. Is there a record or a song I should check out? And, you know, I was able to kind of like, I guess, like, quote unquote, executive produce that part, you know, and just go like, well, actually, I think you you should check out this record. You might want to check out this song. Like, obviously, you have your your choice of whatever you want to do, but there's a place to start. And some artists were like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to do that one. Or like, mm, I like that one, but I actually found this other one. I'm going to do that. And you know the the one artist who ended up on the compilation who, you know that I was I was not so much shocked that they were a fan, but it was that actually came to us was David Byrne, and I got an email from David Newgarden, Yoko's manager, who and said that hey David heard about this project and he really wants to do it, and I had not gone out to David initially not because. I didn't admire his work or think that he might be interested, but it just seemed like, well, we'd never get David Byrne. So, you know, why, <laughs> like, you know, that'd be, a, that'd be a waste of an email because I don't know if David Byrne would, re- and the fact that, you know, not only was he so receptive to the project, but he he actually came to us wanting to be a part of it. And it was just really wonderful to be in correspondence with him about the project and, and uh, you know, that he did such an amazing version of Who's Seen the Wind. Who has seen the wind? Neither you know and he got uh, Yola Tango to be part of it, of his version. Who has seen my love? Only 
And one of the really wonderful kind of surprises about this whole process has been that the, the final product was nothing like I envisioned it in the beginning, but in so many wonderful ways that we were able to kind of put together this really kind of interesting and diverse group of artists who all either had a relationship with her music or formed one over the course of, of this project. Mm. And this is being released around Yoko Ono's 89th birthday. Her birthday is, uh, falls on February 18th. And I understand there will also be an accompanying podcast to this tribute album. What can we expect from that podcast? We talked to a number of artists on the on the compilation, and they talk about their their relationship with Yoko's music. Some of it, kind of deeper than others. But Jenny Ellisky is hosting the podcast, and I guess I'm kind of there. Jenny does this for a living. She's so much better at interviewing people than I am because that's not what I do. But it's a series of really interesting and, in some cases, very emotional conversations about what Yoko means to people like David and to Wayne of the Flaming Lips and uh, Michelle from Japanese Breakfast and Tao, amongst others. So I I think it'll be a a really wonderful and and kind of vital companion piece to the record itself, because I feel that the hope with all of this is, is that this becomes a vehicle for, you know, music fans, but specifically fans of the artists on the compilation to maybe take you know, that step, which is now so easy in that you can kind of just dial up on your phone to kind of listen to some of this music that maybe you were not aware existed or you hadn't given a, like a fair shake, so to speak. So, you know, my hope, you know, my, my, my goals, my hopes for this record are, are fairly modest in that, you know, I hope a fan of Japanese Breakfast hears her version of Nobody Sees Me Like You Do. No one can see me like you do. While they're listening to that on their phone, goes actually, what, what, what is this? What's the original sound like? Well, I like that. Well, I'm gonna check out this record now. No one can see me like yeah, I think that the, the times we're living in, the accessibility, the ease of accessibility to music, is both a blessing and a curse. But I think in this case, it's an absolute blessing because people will be able to interface with this music so much easier than they did 20 years ago when I was when I was getting into it. I wanted you to be happy. I'm curious, what do you think is most misunderstood about Yoko Ono, either her music or just her as a person? Well, I think what is most misunderstood about her is that prior to kind of being in the Beatles orbit, she was a well-established and respected artist in her own disciplines. And she had this long history, be it with Fluxus or you know any of the conceptual work she was doing that literally led her to meeting John in, in a gallery in London. She was well on her way to establishing what would become a long and inspired career in the arts. And... There are many things that are upsetting to me in the public's Yoko Ono narrative. You know, the most uh, prevalent of those, of course, is that she had some role in breaking up a group of four, almost 30-year-old English men who 
you know, seemingly couldn't communicate with each other, nor did they have the desire to continue making music together. And certainly in, in that time, it seemed like the easiest scapegoat was this Asian woman sitting next to John while they're making Get Back, right? And not taking into account the fact that, look, man, these guys, <laughs> these guys played music for over 10 years. They were done. And then secondly, that one of the, one of the many things I hope this compilation can help start a conversation about is that this is an incredibly talented woman who mastered multiple mediums in a way that I can't think of another artist in the 20th century doing. And one component of her work that has been wildly overlooked is her songwriting. And my hope is that with this compilation, we can start not even so much a reevaluation, but an evaluation of her work, because this was an incredibly talented songwriter who wrote some of the best work that was kind of happening at that time, and I believe never, never truly got the credit for it. And I think it's impossible to discuss this without discussing some of the elephants in the room that were hindering the public's willingness, let's say, to engage with her work. She was an Asian woman creating music in a time where there was virtually no representation of Asian women in rock and roll and in pop music. And I think there are many reasons why she did not get a fair shake in the 70s, but it would be impossible to discuss why these records were not listened to more, why they did not have the impact that I believe they should have had without discussing these intersectional uh, issues that were, we are of course always dealing with in society. We still, we continue to deal with them in America and around the world, but in, you know, the late sixties, early seventies, especially given her relationship with one of the largest pop stars in the world, you know, she had a lot of vitriol coming her way and, and peop- a lot of people dismissing her as an artist and and very even much more so dismissing her as a musician, which I feel is incredibly unfair. And I'm hoping that in our small way, we can start a proper evaluation of her work with this compilation. Well, I can't wait for everyone to hear all these amazing covers by so many amazing artists. I've been speaking with Ben Gibbard of Death Cat for Cutie about a tribute covers album he curated called Ocean Child Songs of Yoko Ono. Thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice talking to you, Emma. Waiting for the sunrise, waiting for the sunrise, waiting for the sunrise, waiting for the sunrise, so I can take your hand and stroll about. Waiting for the sunrise, waiting for the sunrise, waiting for the sunrise, waiting for the sunrise, so we can go on the streets and see the people smile. Give me your hand, so I can tell you. That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation to help support this show at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks for listening.